are, wherever you may be, or if you're watching us after the fact, we're so honored to be in your, with you today. We're going to open up, as we always do, with some good singing. Brother Scott Cassidy is going to come lead us this morning. Brother Scott, let's go to the throne of grace together. You come lead us. Have to forgive the newbie here. We'll do page 343, Revive Us Again. We'll do the first, second, and last verse. We praise Thee. Scott, appreciate that so much. Boy, we need revival today. Appreciate you singing that song. Got several prayer requests I want to update our church family on this morning, uh, and then we'll go to the Lord in prayer uh, to open our services. Pray for Sister Judy Rudder. Uh, Judy has been transferred now to Stanley Town after multiple procedures, and uh, she will be there for a few days anyway, so pray for her, if you would, as she recuperates. Continue to pray for Brother Mike Carroll. Mike was in the hospital at Martinsville. He'll be coming home today. Had a procedure done yesterday. Pray for Brother Keith Rohr as well. Some significant physical needs there. Uh, Sister Vicki Turner, and then, of course, uh, continue to lift up Sister, Sister River Smith. And then you know that we've had four families in our church who have had deaths this week. Uh, little Tyler and Olivia, uh, Dot Brogan, Tangela Holcomb, and Charlie Holland all had deaths in their families this week. So we ask you to please pray for them. And, of course, pray for the services here today in our sanctuary uh, and those churches all over our country. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you today, and we're so honored and thankful to come into your midst. Uh, we are honored, Lord, just to be with you today. And, God, I pray that you would just uh, speak through each of these prayer requests, especially those, Lord, who've lost loved ones this week. We know it's a challenging time when we can't come together to mourn our family and our friends. So, Lord, I pray that you'd bless them, give them that peace that passes all understanding. Lord, I ask now that you would speak through the singing this morning. You'd speak through the preaching. May the Son of uh, be glorified, lifted up, and draw all men unto you as you've promised you would do in your word. Well, thank you and we'll praise you in Christ's name. Amen. I'm so glad Brother Scott's with us this morning. Brother Scott's going to sing a special for us now, so you pray for him, and I know it'll be a blessing. Brother Scott.
When I started my journey in fresh childlike trust, I believed that the Lord's way was best. I would read in his word how he mothered the bird and grieved when it fell from its nest. How I felt his delight when I chose to do right and prayed I would not make him sad. We would meet on the way in the cool of the day. What a pure, sweet communion we had. Oh, but now more than ever I cherish the cross. More than ever I sit at his feet. All the miles of my journey have proved my Lord true. And he is so precious to me. Oh, the road that I've traveled has sometimes been steep Through the wild, jagged places of life And sometimes I've stumbled and fallen so hard That the stones cut my soul like a knife Oh, but the staff of my shepherd would reach out for me And lift me to cool pastures green oil of the spirit anointing my wounds there i'd rest by the clear healing stream oh but now more than ever i cherish the cross more than ever i sit at his feet all the miles of my journey have proved my lord true and he is so precious Love's old sweet story, too good to be true. Do you find all this hard to believe? Has this cruel world we live in so battered your heart that the hurt child inside you can't grieve? Oh, I can't say I blame you. I've been where you are. And all I can say is it's true. You're wanted, you're precious, you're the love of his heart. And the old rugged cross was for you. But now more than ever, I cherish the cross. More than ever, I sit at his feet. All the miles of my journey have proved my Lord true. He is so precious to me. Oh, but now more than ever I cherish the cross. More than ever I sit at His feet. All the miles of my journey have proved my Lord true. He is so precious to me. Oh, He is so to me yes he is so precious to me amen i love that song thank you
you so much, Brother Scott. I appreciate that. We'll do a congregation in just a moment, Brother Scott. Uh, let me talk to our church for just a moment about a couple of things that are going on, several announcements uh, to uh, go through with you today. First of all, I want to talk to our teenagers uh, and let you know what's going on this summer. Uh, we had a uh, Zoom meeting on Thursday with Brother C.T., Brother Heath Williams, uh, and all of the preachers for the teen conference, the pastors who are participating in this year's teen conference. Brother C.T., after going, uh, spending a lot of time laying out all the scenarios made, I think what is inevitably the wisest decision uh, to, to uh, transition this year to a virtual teen conference. Uh, he was to the point now where he simply could not get confirmation uh, that everything would be open and available and how you handle that if you have a sick person on your van or in the group. And, of course, there were 3,000 teenagers who were registered to attend that teen conference this summer. And, candidly, no way to police that or manage that from a health perspective. And while many of the uh, states are starting to open up, none of them are allowing capacities of that size and uh, had to make a decision uh, in order so if, uh, uh, hotels could be canceled and all of that stuff. So uh, there will be a teen conference this summer, teenagers, uh, the same week as we had already scheduled, but it will be a virtual conference. And, uh, of course, we are hoping and praying for uh, a, a great teen conference in 2021. Uh, but in the meantime, keep that marked on your calendars if you would. Then I want to invite you next Sunday morning to join us for our next drive-in service. That will be Memorial Day weekend. Uh, we are calling next Sunday, God Bless the USA Sunday. Uh, some special things we'll be doing. We invite everybody, wear your red, white, and blue, decorate your cars if you want. I'll have some other announcements for you in the days ahead as we get up uh, uh, into next Sunday. But please uh, mark your uh, calendars to be with us for Memorial Day weekend. Uh, we're looking forward to a great time out in the parking lot, weather permitting. And, uh, of course, as always, we'll make that decision 24 hours in advance and put that out. But uh, weather permitting, we'll have that next Sunday, and we hope you can join us. Let's have one more congregation song, Brother Scott. Let's sing together this morning. New page 439, count your blessings, first and last verse. 439, count your blessings. When upon life's pillows you are tempest tossed, when you are discouraged thinking all is lost, count your many blessings, name them one by one, and it will surprise you what the Lord had done. Count your blessings, name them one by one, count your blessings, see what God had done. Blessings angels will attend, help and comfort give you to your journeys and count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done.
right, thank you so much. Appreciate that this morning. A uh, couple other quick prayer requests, and then I'm going to uh, give you one more announcement. Pray for Annette Bolio's family. Uh, her uh, uncle has passed away from COVID up in Pennsylvania, so please pray for that family if you would. And then Brother Roger Wells uh, sent me a text early this morning. Uh, one of the singers that sings with him, Spiritual Heirs, is uh, going through a kidney transplant this morning. So please remember that if you would. I want to talk to our church for just a few minutes now about what our plans are. Uh, as you well understand, most of you know that we have transitioned as a state into what our governor is calling our Phase 1 plan. And with that, uh, uh, churches are allowed to open their doors, and I know that many are open today, and we're praying for God to move and meet in each one of those services. Uh, met with our leadership team this week to begin to lay out our plan for reopening. Put a couple of things out before we announce to you what we're doing. First of all, you know that the CDC, as well as our local state and uh, ordinances, have come up with some very stringent requirements, minimum requirements, uh, that churches have to meet have to maintain the six feet of social distancing signs placed accordingly, uh, no uh, children's programs, no nursery, no choir. All these things are lifted, listed in the, in, uh, the, government's docu- the governor's documentation. Uh, and as we discussed on Thursday, we're not interested in meeting minimum requirements. When we open our doors, uh, we want to do the best that we possibly can. Uh, after reviewing all of it and recognizing the size of our congregation, uh, we spent some time mapping out our church and looking at how how many people we could bring in once we open our doors. We're realizing that uh, in order to maintain the six foot of social distancing all the way around a family unit, we're only going to be able to bring in about 80 to 85 people at a time. Uh, when you look at the eight to 10, we have to have here every service in order to do the work uh, that happens to make the service happen. We actually bring that number down to about 75. And consequently, we will end up having to divide our church into thirds, if not fourths. So that means that once we do open our doors, uh, there will likely be one Sunday a month that families are able to come. Uh, And we recognize that that puts a crimp in everyone's style, but we want to follow the guidelines as they're laid out to us. Because it's important as a church and as God's people that we follow the dictates of the law and mandates that are given to us. Uh, After mapping all of this out and candidly recognizing that our community is actually experiencing a spike, if you followed the papers, you know that in the last two days, we've had a 33% increase in our community, and we have a couple of hot spots now in our community. So we have made the decision for SAGBC that for the month of May, we are going to continue as we are doing now. We will continue with our live stream services on Sunday mornings. Wednesdays at 6.30 for Kids Corner, 7 o'clock for our Bible study. I will tell you candidly that we are anxious and eager to open up our doors and allow people back into the house of worship. But you also understand we got to be smart. Uh, we got to do it the right way, and everyone's safety is of primary concern. I know that churches are doing lots of different things. Uh, they're getting very creative, and I will tell you, I support everything that every pastor is doing for his church. Uh, you're not going to hear me criticize a single preacher uh, for what they are doing for their church. I think everyone is doing what they think is appropriate for their church and their community, and that's what we're doing as well. So for, for right now, for the month of May, uh, we're going to continue with our live stream services. Uh, again, uh, uh, Sunday mornings, 1045, Wednesday, 630, Kids Corner, 7 o'clock for Bible study. As we transition into June, we will look at the possibility, underscore possibility, of a soft opening. 
and we'll get that information out if we decide to go that direction. Uh, three things that we follow. Number one, we follow the Word of God, which tells us to forsake not the assembling of ourselves together. We're not forsaking. We're coming to you via live stream, so we're following that as Scripture tells us. Number two, we're following the dictates of the law that's given to us. We're told to do that plainly in Scripture. And number three, I'm relying on our church leadership team to give us the best advice. And boy, did they give us fantastic wisdom when we met with them this past week. So we'll keep you posted, but for the month of May, uh, we will continue our live stream again next Sunday, uh, Memorial Day weekend. We will have our drive-in service. And to be very candid with you, we can bring a whole lot more people on the grounds and drive-in uh, service than we can in the sanctuary. So uh, that's one of the reasons why we're doing that, because we can actually see more of you if we do it in that capacity. All right, Brother Scott, come get us one more song to sing for a special. Uh, you listen out to Brother Scott, and then we'll get into the Word this morning. When the times are good If I can say you're in control When all is understood Then right here in this valley That I am living in I can give you all the glory Just like I did Guided every step and met all of my needs. And though my heart is broken, just know that I am grateful for through it all you've been in your hands you're working all things for my good according to your plan you're teaching me to listen Lord you're teaching me to trust your grace is all sufficient you'll always be enough and met all of my needs and though my heart is broken just know that I am grateful for through it all you've been faithful and though my heart
your brother Scott. Scott's heard me say this a hundred times, but when I get to heaven, I'm going to sing like Scott Cassidy. Thank you so much, brother Scott. Uh, I'm reading this morning out of the book of Genesis, chapter number 26. The book of Genesis, chapter number 26. While you're turning there, let me correct something I shared a moment ago. Uh, Annette Bolio's aunt and uncle both, husband and wife. Yes, babe, husband and wife. Aunt and uncle both have passed away from COVID. So please pray for that family, if you would, up in Pennsylvania. And uh, certainly, I think most of us now uh, have been affected by this. You know somebody uh, that's been uh, tested positive or extended parts of your family or friends. Uh, you know that this condition is very real. And so we're going to continue to do all that we can to maximize the safety of our church family. Genesis chapter 26 is where we're reading this morning. I'm going to start in verse number 12. I will tell you candidly that I love this passage of Scripture. I love to uh, preach out of it. I love to teach out of it for reasons that I hope will become evident to you as we begin looking together this morning. So Genesis chapter 26, beginning in verse number 12. Then Isaac sowed in that land and received in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Let me show you that again. Received in the same year a hundredfold. That means he had a hundred percent increase on everything that he sowed. The Lord blessed him. The man waxed great, went forward, and grew until he became very great. For he had possession of flocks, possession of herds, great store of servants, and the Philistines envied him. Verse 15, for all the wells which his father's servants had digged in the days of Abraham his father, the Philistines had stopped them, means they plugged them up, and filled them with earth. And Abimelech, which by the way is the king of the Philistines, said unto Isaac, Go from us, for thou art much mightier than we. Isaac departed thence. And pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar and dwelt there. And Isaac digged again the wells of water, which they had digged in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. And he called their names after the names by which his father had called them. And Isaac's servants digged in the valley and found there a well of springing water. The herdmen of Gerard did strive with Isaac's herdmen, saying, The water is ours. He called the name of the well Essek, because they strove with him. They digged another well and strove for that also, and he called the name of it Sitna. And he removed from thence and digged another well. For that they strove not. He called the name of it Rehoboth. And he said, For now the Lord hath made room for us, and we shall be fruitful in the land. And he went up from thence to Beersheba. And the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not, for I am with thee will bless thee and multiply thy seed for thy servant Abraham's sake. Let's pray together. Lord, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for the good singing, my brother Scott. Lord, that's blessed our hearts today and made us ready now for the preaching of our, your word. 
Lord, I pray that you take the outline that I know you've laid upon my heart, that you'd use it. Lord, number one, to reach anybody who might be listening that doesn't know you as Savior. May they hear the message this morning and may the Spirit of God come right where they are. Convict them of their need of salvation and bring them to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. For those of us that are saved, Lord, I pray that we would be in the well-digging business. Recognizing that there are people... uh, who are thirsty today, recognizing that we need to be digging wells that another generation will come along and drink after us. Bless the preaching this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I want to give you a message this morning uh, that I'm entitling a name. I'm giving the title of it a name from my teenage years. Any of you who grew up as a child of the 80s, You will remember such things as Pac-Man and Galaga and Miss Pac-Man, Space Invaders, uh, Atari. Uh, All of that are familiar names, but I want to give the message this morning a name of a game that I played on my Atari when I was a child of the 80s called Dig Dug. Dig Dug. A lot of you remember that Dig Dug was a game where you dug down through the dirt to get to the next level. Interestingly, when you begin to examine the life of Isaac, Isaac is a man who really lived in the shadows of both his father and his son. Of course, we know all about his great father Abraham. Abraham is the central figure of 14 chapters in the book of Genesis. We know all about Isaac's son, Jacob, who is the star, if you will, or the central figure of another 12 chapters. By all accounts, Isaac's father is a superhero of the faith. Isaac's son, Jacob, who of course would have his name changed, is also a superhero of the faith. But between the father and the son lies Isaac, for whom only a couple of chapters are dedicated But what we do know about him reminds us that we are actually probably more like Isaac than we are Abraham or Jacob. Scripture tells us, we didn't read it all, but you can go back and read it yourself. Scripture tells us in chapter 26, verses 2 through 5, that Isaac was a man of tremendous faith. In fact, Isaac, uh, like his father, is also mentioned uh, in Hebrews 11, God's Hall of Faith, verse number 20. But like the rest of us, Isaac was also far from perfect. You can read verses 6 and 11, through 11 rather, and you will find of chapter 26 that Isaac, like the rest of us, was a man who messed up. He was a man that was guilty of some of the same sins that his father committed. Uh, He was a man who was far from perfect. In fact, candidly, when we look at all of these, quote, superheroes of the faith, you'll quickly realize uh, that there was not anything super about them. They were just average, ordinary men and women trying to do the right thing, and that's what Isaac was. But above all of that, even more so than Abraham or Jacob, Isaac is described as a pilgrim. Isaac is described as a pilgrim. By that, we simply mean that he moved from place to place. Unlike his father Abraham or even his son Jacob, who would own 
for an extended period of time, lots and lots of lands. Isaac was always on the move. Isaac was a pilgrim and often a stranger in a new land. I am reminded this morning that the Bible tells us in 1 Peter chapter number 1 that we too are not citizens of this world, but rather we're pilgrims and strangers who are passing through. Our treasures are not laid up here on planet earth, but our treasures are rather laid up in a place we call heaven. But what I really want to focus on this morning are the actions that are described here in Genesis chapter 26, where Isaac was a well digging man, where Isaac understood that wherever he was, he had to dig some wells. Three things that I want you to understand about this pilgrim, well-digging life that Isaac learned. Number one, as a pilgrim, as a well digger, his life was one of great provisions. His life was one of great provisions. I'll invite you to go back with me, if you would, to verse number 12. Scripture says, Isaac sowed in that land, received in the same year a hundredfold. The Lord blessed him. The man waxed great and went forward and grew until he became very great. For he had possession of flocks and possession of herds and great stores of servants. And the Philistines envied him. When you begin to talk about the provisions that Isaac enjoyed, I want you to note with me the size was significant. We are told in verse number 12 that Isaac enjoyed a 100% return on his investment. To put that in modern day language, imagine if you put money in a bank and every dollar you put in, the bank matched it with another dollar. You understand that we're in a point in society today where interest is minimal. You put money in, you get a few pennies on the dollar. Imagine if you would that if you put $100 in the bank, the bank gave you $100. If you put $1,000 in the bank, the bank gave you $1,000. Most of us would sign up for that in a heartbeat. That's exactly what Isaac was enjoying, a 100% increase on his sowing. Whatever he did, he was able to enjoy 100%. Whatever he sowed, if he sowed a tomato seed, he didn't get one tomato plant. He got 100 tomato plants. If he sowed a cucumber, he didn't get one. He got 100. What blessings Isaac was enjoying. But what you may not realize is this is amplified even further because it says in verse number 1 of chapter 26, there was a famine in the land. Good golly, Miss Molly, not only is he getting a 100% increase on everything he sows, uh, but he's getting it uh, while uh, there's a famine in the land. Uh, May I say to you uh, that Isaac's crops were flourishing uh, while others dried up. Uh, While everyone around him was going broke and starving to death, Isaac was thriving. We might say this morning that it seemed like Isaac had what we might even call a Midas golden touch. Everything he touched seemed to succeed. Everything he touched seemed to turn out right. May I say to you this morning, that's an awful lot like us. 
Hold on, preacher, wait just a minute. I'm not enjoying a 100% increase. I'm not getting dollar-for-dollar match every time I put money in the bank. May I say to you, the very fact if you're a child of God, the very fact that you know God, the very fact that you are being taken care of by God is a reminder to us that he knows us in a personal way. He's promised he'd never leave us. He would supply all of our needs. May I say to you, just because God isn't paving your path with diamonds and giving us a new Rolls Royce every year doesn't mean he's not blessing us. In fact, my church has heard me say this probably too many times. The poorest among us is wealthier than the other 99% of this world. If you're saved in America, you are blessed beyond measure. The scope, the size of that provision. But I also want you to note not only the size of that provision, but the source of that provision. Please look at the last clause, if you would, at verse 12. For it tells us why Isaac was thriving when others were suffering. It tells us why Isaac's touch seemed to be golden, why nobody else could survive. For it simply says at the end of verse 12, And the Lord blessed him. Can I, I, I don't know how to make it any simpler. But I think if Isaac were to stand up in a Baptist church service, he'd say, God's been good to me and my family. I don't believe for one second that Isaac was a better farmer than anybody else. I don't knew that I don't think that he knew more about botany or horticulture or zoology than the other men around him. Isaac had one advantage and one advantage alone. Isaac knew the Lord. I want to say to you this morning. That for those of us who are born again, those of us who are gloriously saved, we are reminded that our knowledge of the Lord gives us eternal salvation, gives us the presence of God in our lives, gives us the power of God working in our lives, the promise of God to be active in our lives, the word of God to guide our lives. May I say to you, I want to stand like Isaac would do and say, God's been good. I got nothing to complain about. I got no criticisms. You're not going to hear me and my family down at the wall house fussing about how bad things are God's been good to us number one this morning it's a life of provisions but number two lest you think there were not these issues it was also a life of great problems please understand me this morning the fact that God's given us great provisions doesn't mean that we're not going to experience some really significant problems I say again, just because God's good doesn't exempt us from walking through, quote, the valley of the shadow of death. Isaac, blessed though he was, Isaac, enjoying a hundredfold increase though he did, fought battles just like we do. Let me give you a couple of the battles that Isaac fought. I'll challenge you to search your heart because you'll know that we fight these as well. Number one, Isaac fought battles with the world. Verse 14 tells us he had possession, flocks, possession of herds, great store of servants. Look at this next clause. And the Philistines envied him. You understand what that means, don't you? The Philistines stood back and watched uh, Isaac's uh, increase happening over and over. 
The Philistines stood back and watched when Isaac planted how there was a hundredfold increase. The Philistines stood back and watched and scratched their heads saying, if, if, if he can, why can't we? And suddenly their jealousy began to increase. Verse 15 tells us, For all the wells which his father's servants, that means Abraham's servants, had digged in the days of Abraham his father, the Philistines stopped them and filled them with earth. I want you to understand, folks, this jealousy of the Philistines for how good God had been to Isaac was the source of one of his great challenges. While he was prospering, they were struggling because they were jealous. They tried to make his life hard because they were jealous, because they were envious. Uh, they, they tried to uh, uh, eradicate his blessings. And verse 16 tells us uh, that the leader of the land even went as far as saying, Get out. We don't want you among us. I'll tell you this morning, church, this is a lesson that I continue to understand and learn every single day. Most of us, whether it be our families, whether it be our place of business, whether it be our social group, our place of employment, we want to be part of the, quote, in crowd. You want to be welcomed into your structure. You want to be welcomed into that environment. You want to feel like you belong wherever you're situated. But what I have learned in my 20-some years now of preaching is that, candidly, this world is not our home. And as long as we're in the world, we're not going to belong in the world. We're not going to be in the in crowd. We're not going to be included. And those around are not going to understand what God's doing in our lives faced a problem with the world we shouldn't be surprised by that even though we often are myself included because Christ told us that it would be this way he tells us we're going to have problems in the world we're going to have challenges in the world but he goes on to say be of good cheer because I've overcome the world so when the world turns on you don't be surprised don't get upset rejoice in the Lord and understand that God will be honored if we stay the course. He had problems with the world. Not only did he had problems with the world, Isaac had problems with whales. He had problems with whales. Verse 17 tells us after Abimelech kicked him out, he goes to a place called Gerar and he dwells there. And while he's there, in verse number 18, he recognizes that there are some wells that his father, Abraham, had dug that have now since dried up or been stopped up and needed to be redug in order for all of his entourage to survive. Verse 18 says, Isaac digged again the wells of water which they had digged in the days of Abraham, for the Philistines had stopped them after the death of Abraham. The Philistines that were kicking him out uh, had already, uh, uh, years and generation ago, uh, uh, stopped up these wells. Uh, and so now Isaac is in a new place, a new land. He's a pilgrim wandering to a new place, and he gets there, uh, and he finds that his daddy's wells have been stopped up. Question may arise in your heart this morning. What's the big deal about the whales? What's the issue about the whales? I'll remind you the primary thing you've got to remember 
is that Isaac's not just one or two people. He's got hundreds of people, uh, thousands of animals. And, of course, uh, water is the primary source of their survival. They live in a desert, an arid region. Uh, and so to them... Uh, Water is as valuable as oil is to us. There was no way to go into the house and turn on the spigot, you understand. They had to have the wells in order for the family to survive. But a well was also a statement of ownership. When someone had a well, it says, this is my land, this is my property. Listen to what I'm about to say. And for someone else to come along and, and close up that well or to stop that well was an act of war. So hear what I'm about to say. When Abraham got to his new place, when Abraham was kicked out and traveled to the land of Gerar, excuse me, when Isaac was kicked out and traveled to the land of Gerar, when Isaac was thrown out of his home by Elimelech and had to go to a new place, he had to do two things. Number one, he had to clean out the old wells. Verse 18 tells us, that Isaac's first course of action was to redig those wells that his father had dug before him. The Philistines had come along and plugged those wells up to prevent another generation from using them. The Philistines didn't listen to what I'm about to say. This is important. The Philistines didn't want that water for themselves. They just didn't want Isaac to have it. He, 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 he realizes that the Philistines stopped them up, not because they wanted the water. If they wanted it, they'd have never stopped it up. They'd have just kicked them out. The Philistines stopped those wells just for one reason, so Isaac couldn't have it. But you understand, Isaac's first course of action was to spend some time reopening the wells. May I pause a moment and say to you that our spiritual forefathers have dug some wells for us that we need to make sure don't get stopped up. Our enemy would love to stop some wells up. And candidly, he's been successful in some of these. But may I say to you, that well of salvation, that well of sanctification, that well of service, that well of separation, that well, those wells that our spiritual forefathers have dug for us, we need to make sure that every time the enemy throws a, a, a shovel of dirt in, we dig two shovels out because there's a generation coming along that needs to experience the water uh, from those good old wells. There's a great need for all of us today as God's people to open up some of yesteryear's wells. But listen, I know there's a certain group that's going to say amen to that. And there's probably a certain group that's going to say amen to this. Because in addition uh, to striving to, to, to dig out some of the old wells... Isaac wisely realized that he needed to do some digging for some new wells. Isaac, yes, we got we to gotta dig out the wells that my daddy dug. But Isaac also says, while we're digging out the old, we need to dig up some new wells as well. Verse 19 tells us, Isaac's servants dug in the valley, found there a well of springing water. You know what that means? Every time I think of that, I think, every time I read that, 
I think of the uh, opening uh, to the Beverly Hillbilly. Some of you senior saints know what I'm talking about. Uh, that image uh, where, where Pa's out digging uh, and he digs into a, a, a well and everything starts bubbling and springing up. That's exactly what happens here. Uh, it wasn't just a water well, a well where you had to dig, dig, dig. Uh, this was well that came bubbling up to the surface and became a source of life-giving water. We keep reading and we find uh, that three wells are mentioned by name. Isak, which means contention. Stina, which means strife. Uh, Rehoboth, uh, which means a wide open place. Uh, in addition uh, to digging out the old wells, uh, Isaac dug up some new wells uh, and needed all of it in order to take care of the need. How important is it? Hear what I'm about to say. How important it is to dig up yesterday's wells and how important it is that we be digging up new wells at the same time. Can I give you an example? Again, I know my church has heard me say this a thousand times. Our message never changes. That's yesterday's wells. Our methods had better evolve. That's tomorrow's wells uh, or the last person walking out can shut the door of the church. You see, folks... Uh, We've got to understand that as wonderfully valuable as those old wells are, we got to have them. The generations coming forward need them. But we also need to be evolving and digging up new wells. Otherwise, we're not putting messages out on live stream. We're not doing YouTube. We're relying on yesteryear in order to take care of a generation of tomorrow. we got to have the old, but we also got to have the new. Life of great provisions. Great problems. And finally this morning, there are great privileges for those who are in the well digging business. I want you to go with me to verse number 24 for it begins to describe some things that Isaac enjoyed that nobody else around him got to experience. The Lord, look at this, the Lord appeared unto him the same night and said, I am the God of Abraham thy father. Fear not, I am with thee, will bless thee and multiply thy seed for my servant Abraham's sake. You see, folks, I'm going to pause a moment and give you a little bit of Gregology. I can't help but wonder if Isaac didn't struggle under the shadow of his incredible father. I can't help but wonder if Isaac ever got tired of being referred to as Abraham's boy. I can't help but wonder if Isaac ever thought to himself, I know all the things that God promised my daddy, but what about me? And after, listen, after Isaac had dug out the old, and dug up some new, God appears now to Isaac. And he says, the very promises I gave you, Daddy, I'm going to give them to you. The very things that I told your father, uh, I'm giving them to you. Uh, may I say to you this morning, uh, he had the privilege of God's words. Uh, he had the privilege of hearing the voice of God. Uh, may I also say there is no greater experience for the child of God uh, than experiencing the word of God. Understanding uh, that we're told in Psalm 119 that the word uh, is a light into our path. It's a guide. It gives us every step of our journey. Uh, we've been given his spirit. Uh, we've been given his words 
to speak to us. Uh, what a testimony for the pilgrim life. Privilege of God's words. Go to verse 25. We're nearly done. He built it. This is Isaac. He built it an altar there and called upon the name of the Lord. You know what Isaac's doing when he builds an altar? And he calls on the name of the Lord. You know what Isaac's doing? He's worshiping God. Isaac not only got to experience God's words, Isaac got the privilege of experiencing God's worship. This is a privilege that very few of us get to experience today. Only, listen, you know I'm not an exclusionary preacher, but I'll be blunt here. Only those of us that know God understand the joys of worshiping God. There's a difference between talking about God and experiencing God. There's a difference uh, between talking about the Bible and experiencing the Bible's words. It's a privilege it's an honor to be able to come into his presence and worship him. The word worship literally means to ascribe worth. So when we come into his presence, when we bow before him, that's the reason in giving the model prayer, Jesus says, Our Father which out in heaven, hallowed be thy name. It does us good as well diggers. To come into his presence and just worship him. Privilege of God's words. God's worships. And finally this morning, go to verse 25. We're done. Built an altar there. Called upon the name of the Lord. Pitched his tent there. And there Isaac's servants digged yet another well. God's words came to Isaac. God's worship was experienced by Isaac. And finally, Isaac got to experience one more time God's life-giving water. Isaac and his servants dug one more well here where Isaac had built the altar, where he'd built, if you'll allow me to use this phrase, where he'd built his church where his servants would worship, where his family would worship. And as they worshiped, they dug. And as they worshiped, they dug. And the boys got to see mama and daddy worship. And the servants got to see mama and daddy worship. And they grew up knowing that God's been good to mama and daddy because they worshiped God together down at the church. Isaac and his servants dug the well. They unstopped yesterday's wells. They dug up the new wells, and in each one of them, God gave life-giving water. Let me close with a simple thought this morning. The pilgrim life, by all accounts, can be challenging. Brother Scott, come on, get ready to sing for us, buddy, if you would. Pilgrim life can be challenging. But for those of us that know the Lord, the wells make it all worthwhile. I'm astounded in my own church as people go through challenges that rip at the heartstrings. 
I'm astounded as people have to go through trials that seemingly are unbearable, and yet somehow they dig a well. Somehow where they are, uh, in the middle uh, of their problems, uh, they, they, they go to the Lord, they worship the Lord, and they dig a well right there. You know what happens? A few weeks, a few months, a few years, somebody else goes through the very same thing. And one of two things happens when they go through that themselves. They find either a well that's been stopped up or a well that's been dug and given life-giving water. One of my favorite preachers says, we're pilgrims. This earth is not our end. It's not our home. So pilgrim, keep marching and keep digging. Brother Scott, sing us a verse this morning. Just as I am without, without one plea, one plea, but that Thy blood was shed for me, and that Thou gavest me. Scott, let me read this and I'm done. I'm reading from Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8. By faith, Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he should after receive for inheritance, obeyed, went out not knowing whether he went. By faith, he sojourned in the land of promise, in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac. The heir with him, the same promise. Now we're talking about Isaac in verse 10. For he looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Thank you for joining us this morning. Let me remind you in the days ahead, keep digging wells, keep marching on. This world's not our home. Our treasures are laid up. Father, thank you for the opportunity to come into our homes this morning to experience your presence in the lives of our family and friends and our church members. Lord, I pray that you'd bring us back again Wednesday, 630 for our kids' programming, 7 o'clock. Lord, I pray for those churches today that are beginning to slowly open their doors. I pray that you give the pastors guidance and do the same here for us as we make plans as well. We love you. Thank you for tuning in. In Christ's name, you're, now remind you, folks, uh, this coming uh, Sunday will be another drive-in service. God bless the USA Sunday. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you Wednesday night.